all the information you need to be successful is there. It's really overcoming those self-limiting beliefs. That's, that's the secret. Why do people get discouraged and quit? It's because they're making that mean something about them. People haven't really developed that muscle, that work muscle. When someone comes along today and they've got that, yeah. they're going to do so good, especially in this business. It's Jerry Norton. How are you doing? Good. Excited to have you Thanks on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. I mean, you are one of the goats in the industry. For people that don't know who you are, can mm -hmm. you give us like your, your quick story? Yeah, well, it is funny you say goat because I'm like an old dog. I, I could, you call it a goat, <laughs> I call it an old dog. Uh, I just been around forever. You know, got started 20 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, wholesaling in Metro Detroit. Came on the scene in the education space, so mm -hmm. started to kind of teach a little bit about what I do. About yeah. 15 years ago, kind of like the guy that's been around forever. So it's really funny. Like when I come to a conference like this one, people will be like, oh, because of you, I yeah. got started in real estate. And I, mm -hmm. I get to hear that a, a thousand times. It's so amazing to feel like I've had such an impact on so many lives. Yeah. Because when you, you know how it is when you got your head down and you're working in your business, especially in, in the content world, you have no idea. Like, does anybody even care? You think maybe they do because, oh, that video got views or whatever, but you never really know until you meet someone face to face and they're like, dude, you changed my life because yeah. of you, I got started or whatever. It's just been a great uh, confirmation of all the hard work and I'm just grateful, feel grateful for it. hundred percent. So what were you doing before real estate investing? I was a laborer in underground construction. So Where? basically worked a shovel. This is Detroit, Metro Detroit. Wow. Michigan. So winters. Yeah. I was married only a few kids at the time. I remember coming home so muddy from working a shovel in a hole for like a utility contracting company that I'd have to like take my clothes off outside before coming inside. Cause I was so muddy. My shoes and clothes were just filthy. And yeah. like, that was my life when I started. So when you got into wholesaling, you're like, Oh, this is easy work. Yeah. To what you were doing. It was like, wait, you mean I got to hustle? I got to work hard. I got to talk to a lot of people. Okay. Like, why does everybody say this is so hard? This yeah. isn't hard. Yeah. <laughs> Try so digging holes for 10 hours a day. It's interesting because um, I always wanted to be my own man, own my own business, be an entrepreneur. I was drawn to that, but I just had no upbringing, no support around that. At the time, you know, 25 years ago, everything was behind a paywall at that mm. time, right? Like you couldn't really get information. I mean, there were books yeah. and things, but it wasn't really accessible. So I just didn't have any direction. So I wanted it strong and hungry and willing, but just not knowing what to do. And then I heard about this wholesaling thing, went to this seminar, like a three-day seminar, borrowed the money, went to a seminar, like a three-day boot camp type thing. And uh, it was really interesting, Brian. I'd, I'd sit there and I would hear people in the class, like answering questions. And I'm like, man, they just know so much. I'd go up at the break and I'd be like, dude, you must be killing it. Tell me what you're doing. Oh, I'm still working on my first deal. I'm mm -hmm. like, what? Like, you know, everything, how are you still working on your first deal? And that wasn't my experience. Like I literally was like, what do I do? Go do it. Learn something, do it, learn yeah. something, do it. I was like that person that just would mm -hmm. apply and wholesaling is like a hustle sport. I'm like, I got that. I got, yeah. I got hustle. Mm. This is the perfect fit for me. Cause I know yeah. how to work hard. Finally found the right idea put some work ethic behind it. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, it was like, God meant for me to do this. Like I'm made for this. It's just been an amazing journey. My first month I did like $52,000 in wholesale assignments and haven't looked back since. Yeah. I had a similar experience <laughs> where I used to work two jobs. I worked in the day at a day club and then I worked at night cleaning bars eight hours each. And I remember I got my real estate license and I was like, okay, so you guys make five to $10,000 per transaction and you just like call people and they're like, yeah, I was like, okay. So I, I go to the office and I'm watching everyone else work and I'm like, oh, like 
these people aren't really working. They're kind of like <laughs> chit-chatting. They go to lunch. They call a couple people, and then they go home. I was like, if this is what this is, I'm going to make so much I'm gonna money. I'm going to kill this. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is like an unfair sport. Yeah. I actually work really hard for 16 hours. You guys are just barely working 30 minutes a day. Like I'm going to smoke <laughs> you guys. Well, but you're an anomaly. I mean, that's the problem. I look at our culture today and we're so lazy. We're so yeah. entitled. Mm -hmm. People think talking on the phone all day long is like super hard. People haven't really developed that muscle, that work muscle. When someone comes along today and they've got that, yeah. they're going to do so good, especially in this business. Were you in sales before wholesaling or were you just like, Oh natural? yeah, I'm LDS and I did a church mission oh, in Argentina. I didn't know you were LDS. Yeah. So I did a church mission in Argentina where you knock doors for two years and you're selling Jesus. Yeah. That's like the hardest thing to sell. Yes. Proselyting, knocking doors, having gone through that, there's nothing I can't do. Like I, yeah. I have a son who just got home from Berlin, Germany, where like most people are atheist. And so he had to talk to people that would say, shut up. I hate Jesus. Yeah. Like that was his two year experience. Whoa. Mine wasn't like that because of South America. He's home now. And I told him there is nothing in this world you can't do because mm -hmm. you did that. I tell young people, if you can knock doors, go sell pests, go sell solar, go sell real estate, go sell anything, but knock doors and gain that skill set. Yeah. And the world's yours for the taking. But you know what? The best experience ever, because not only for the spiritual fortitude of like what that does for you, you really have to find your your faith and your belief in God and, mm -hmm. and own it. You're doing that all day, every day for two years. And so there's that part, but there's also just the part of like really growing up as a young person by going through hard things, yeah. seeing people's lives that where they made all these bad choices and now they're having mm. a lot of consequence and then yeah. seeing them change mm. and witnessing that change. Just one of the greatest experiences ever. Yeah, it's really phenomenal. I want to transition to like fear because when you talk about door knocking, I remember when I started as a real estate investor, <laughs> you know, you make a commitment. You're like, okay, today I'm going to door knock 10 doors. And then you get in your car, you go to the neighborhood and then you stall, you stall <laughs> and then you get out of the car and you're standing in someone's driveway and you're just like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? Should I go do this instead? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. a lot of people never get to the door. They've changed plans and never start. Have you had moments like that in your career? For sure. And the reason why though, like why, and the phones are no different. People have such a fear of phones. I never quite, it took me a while to figure it out, but what's going on here is you're making it mean something about you. Mm. So if you get that rejection, the door slammed in your face, they, they F bomb you on the phone. Why do people get discouraged and quit? It's because they're making that mean something about them. As soon as you don't make it mean something about you, meaning like you did something wrong, you're, you're bad somehow, you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Rejection means you're losing, whatever, yeah. the, whatever's going on. The minute you don't make it about you, then it doesn't matter what they say, what they do. Cause mm -hmm. it's not about you. It's just them doing them. Mm -hmm. And you're right back on the next phone with high energy. When you have that transition, I think mentally in sales, I mean, we're talking about wholesale real estate, but really in anything, then all of a sudden you can just approach that with confidence mm -hmm. because you're not making it mean that you're not good enough. There's usually one reason why they're not where they want to be is because of fear. Some people think fear is like, you know, being in a haunted house and you're like, ah, but <laughs> fear is like 
you know you got to do something, but then your mind tricks you to go do something else or you start changing business plans yeah. every couple hours. But if you think about it, I mean, that's human nature, right? <laughs> your nervous system, your your evolution says avoid pain, avoid something scary, avoid yeah. hard. Your prefrontal cortex has meaning and, and logic. It, it can override that. So learning how to override that and then make conscious decisions like, hey, yeah, it's scary, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, I'm fearful about it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that's where you start to really develop the muscle of doing the hard things. It's a muscle that you have to develop. So yeah, it's like when you hear them say like, you know, the Navy SEALs going into like a, a death zone, they still have fear, but they do it anyway. And somehow we think, oh, the, those guys just don't have any fear. Well, yeah, they do. They yeah. just manage it. One of our coaches, he says, fear is an emotion and courage is a choice. So I, like I tell myself that all the time. Yeah. Fear is an emotion and courage is a choice. Have you had to do any coaching or anything with emotions or mindset and stuff yeah. like that? My wife is like a certified life coach. She's oh. done a lot of trauma mm. uh, training. We implemented that into our coaching business. So okay. it's, a, it's a weekly Zoom. Okay. And uh, she also teaches at our live events. But what she does is she takes somebody and she sits them down and and she starts, you know, prying into like, why are you doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. What are the things that that's limiting you? Let's try to get the ego out of the way and see what's going on. Mm. And it's so powerful because, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, the information is out there. All the information you need to be successful is there. It's really overcoming those self-limiting beliefs. That's, that's the secret. It's not the information, it's the applying the information yeah. and we get in our own way. 100%. I, um started real estate with a bunch of scars and stuff from growing <laughs> up with a single mom and all mm. that stuff. So I had a lot of baggage, mm, a lot of baggage that I didn't deal with. So I actually became successful with all that baggage. And then I would always get confused. I'm like, I don't know if that baggage helped me, mm -hmm. but then it's hurting me now. So I always struggled with that. Like, oh, like, should I deal with my baggage? I think it's or is both. It helping me. The thing is, is like, everyone's got some baggage. I mean, mm -hmm. we all have trauma with a lower T. Mm -hmm. All of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no one that escapes life without some <laughs> trauma with a lower T. Mm. Now, some people have trauma with an uppercase T, yeah. which is yeah. a whole nother story, right? Yeah. But we tend to think somehow I'm going to go through life and avoid hard things. And it's just not true. We all have to do that. And to me, it's just so what? Like, let's just face it. Let's work with it. Let's, yeah. let's figure it out. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Nothing's going wrong. What do you do? Because I'm sure people look at you and I used to be one of those people where I'm like, dude, he's so rich and wealthy and he has a huge family like he has everything figured out like how do you work on yourself well first of all i'm half as cool as you think i mean tr honestly like, <laughs> half is still cool half is still really good <laughs> yeah like i wish i was half as good as my mom thinks i yeah. am you know and i'd be doing really good but honestly like i struggle with things too i have deals that go bad i lose mm. money sometimes like i don't have it all figured out mm. but i'm trying and so for me like what i try to do is i just try to be vulnerable enough, like real enough, share the losses, not just the wins. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I got things dialed in and I'm really balanced. Yeah. You know, I got my spirituality on par. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes yeah. I'm, so I'm just, I'm trying to figure all this stuff out too. But I think the key honestly is uh, self-awareness. It's taken me a long time to be willing to self-confront. And what I mean by that is like, look in the mirror, see my own limitations and be willing to deal with them. Mm. And most people just aren't. Really? You can see everybody else's faults. Yeah. That's easy, but you can't see your own. Mm. And when you're willing to like see your own faults and then be willing to like make the changes necessary, that's when real growth happens. What does that look like? 
I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm saying, did I show up? Am I showing up how I really want to as a dad? Can I have integrity with myself about the way that I'm being a dad? Am I proud of that? If I was on my deathbed right now and I had three minutes left until lights out, can I say with a clear conscience that I'm being the dad I really want to be? Now, it doesn't mean the kids are going to respond to it, right? Yeah. but am I showing up or in my marriage or in my business or mm-hmm. with my students or whatever it might be? Am I really being the best version of me? And most of the time, the answer is no, <laughs> and it should be. And so then it's like, okay, no, the answer is no. All right, well, what do I need to do and how do I do it? And what am I willing to do? Sometimes it's get help. Sometimes it's get coaching, but then like do the hard thing to make the change. Mm, okay. So do the hard thing to make the change. And face it that's, instead of avoid it. Yeah, that's the hard part. <laughs> yeah, It's the hardest part. Yeah. I think one of the hardest things is self-confrontation. You know, I go on my YouTube comments and everybody's like, you're a flipping genius, you're a flipping genius, you're a flipping genius. And if I'm not careful, I let that go to my head and I think I'm the greatest thing ever when I'm not the greatest thing ever, right? Mm-hmm. I got so much to learn. And, you know, so I try to keep like this white belt mentality, yeah. like in karate, you know, mm-hmm. like always stay a white belt. Because when you're a black belt, you got nothing more to learn. But if you're a white belt, you're always... You're always learning. So how do I constantly stay a student of the game? How old are you right now? 46. 46. Okay. So I asked Chris Krohn this question. So do you- Which I'm way older than Chris. He's like 43. (laughs) (laughs) What about, do you know like some of the biggest lessons you learned in your 20s? Do you remember them? I mean, honestly, in my 20s, I was so uh, bank account driven. Like it was just all about making money. Mm-hmm. And when you make making money front and center, then people get a backseat, mm-hmm. right? Relationships. Oh yeah. Everything gets a backseat. Yep. You know, that was my twenties. My thirties were probably mostly lifestyle. Well, it was like, how do I make money? How do I make money? How do I make money? And then I was like, okay, well now how do I live my best lifestyle? How do I live where I want, how I want, have the things I want? Yeah. It's all selfish still but it was very much about lifestyle. Those are all great things, by the way, income and lifestyle are great. And in my forties, it's been much more about impact, you know, making money and, and having the lifestyle don't go away, but, but it's like the priority now is, has shifted quite a bit in my forties to how do I really do good? How do I leave a mark? How do I leave a legacy Mm -hmm. with my, not just my kids, but with the world? Like, what do I want to be remembered for? Those things you don't think about in your twenties. You just think about Mm -hmm. chasing the buck, or at least I did. I did too. Yeah. I'm 32 right now. I remember in my 20, early twenties, when I got into real estate, I heard Tom Brady say like, you know, football is number one and family is number one. A like they're (laughs) just as important. And I remember I heard that. I was like, okay, well, yeah, real estate's number one. And my wife and kids like they're there too. Yeah. But that wasn't no. Yeah. Well, the reality is this, and, and we actually do some training. My wife and I do some training on this because you put so much attention into your business mm-hmm. and you lie to yourself and you lie to your family that you're going to sacrifice for the betterment of everybody. Yep. Right. Like, Hey, I'm not going to be available. I'm going to be working long hours. I'm going to yeah. be traveling. I'm going to be doing all, but it's for you. Yeah. Later. And you'll understand mm-hmm. and tell your kids, you'll understand. Mm-hmm. Of course you'll understand dad's working for you. They don't understand and they don't care. And you're lying to yourself mm-hmm. about it because here's the, here's what happens. You wake up one day and you got money in the bank, but chaos at home and you don't have a great relationship with your wife and your kids are estranged. And so I see a lot of guys my age on their second marriages and no relationship with their kids. I don't want that. So now how do I build a business and build a family? How do I make both of those a priority? Mm-hmm. And that's tricky. Yeah. I like guess not easy. It's been for us, it's been a lot of work. 
to build both. My wife and I, we believe that sometimes your first hire is at home, not in your business. Sometimes mm-hmm. the growth that needs to happen is at home. We put a lot of resources into creating our home environment for mm-hmm. everybody to win, for everybody to thrive. 